Thanks to Raycon Wireless Earbuds for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Raycon Earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash applebits. And thanks to Mint Mobile for supporting the Apple Bits XL as well. Every Mint Mobile plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the phone shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Yo, I'm here. I'm here, everybody. Come on. What do you think I was going to do? Leave you in the dust? What's up, y'all? Brian Tong here. It's the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome. If you're new to the show, if you've been here from the beginning, if you jumped in in the middle, thank you for coming in and supporting the show. This show is all about you. This is episode 128. Eight is great. That's crazy to me. Hey, you guys can be a part of the show, guys and gals. I encourage you both to call in. The number to call in is nothing. What you got to do is record a voice memo on your phone using an app, record a voice memo on your computer, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z, and we will throw it in, and we've got some great calls in this week, so thank you so much for that. Also, the way to support this show, patreon.com slash Tong, starting at $2 per month. It goes up to five, ten. $25, $100 platinum level, the benefits, let's get to them quickly, right? Early access to content, bonus rewards. Um, Oh yeah, also completely ad-free version of the show. You will hear no ads whatsoever. So that's one of the benefits to support me independently. Thank you so much, everybody. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to do that. All right, let's get to the show. And I would say there's not a lot of big, big news, but we have a lot of good nuggets here. And it all starts with Apple's public beta. Now, this week, Apple opened up iPad OS 14, iOS 14, and tvOS 14. So if you're ever curious about this, you know, we talk a lot about this stuff. First of all, always got to throw the disclaimer out there because some of y'all are cray cray and then get mad at me for telling you to get the beta. I'm making it clear. Don't put it on your primary device, or at least if you do, that's at your own risk. Certain apps may not work. Um, I think Pokemon Go is one of them. That is a very crucial app. There are a few others, but what you can do if you really want to sign up to be a part of the public betas, and I, I do think there's a lot of value and there's some fun in it as well, you go to beta.apple.com. You can completely sign up for free. And then through that website, it kind of walks you through how you download kind of an install profile that on your devices through that site that will then allow you to get the public betas. So it's about a two-step process. It's not too big. Make sure if you're going to do the thing, back up your phone or your iPad before you do it. But you're going to really experience a lot of the benefits that we were talking about that Apple showed off. Apple right now, uh, they are they have released the second developer beta. The public beta is different than the developer beta. Developer beta is typically a little bit ahead, but you will get access to play around with the widgets on the home screen, you'll get access to the app library. I did a video recently of really my favorite five features in iOS 14. And there are so many that it's going to be different for different people. And I think as you use it, you'll find out which one you like better. But I put them on that video. Check them out at my youtube.com slash Brian Tong page. So you'll get those benefits. Also, iPad OS 14 
the public beta. I think a lot of you are going to have fun with it because if you have the Apple Pencil, it does some things. And I'm not saying that I'm going to use the Apple Pencil with my iPad all the time, but it does some really cool stuff. And you do kind of have to change your brain around how you look at the device and how you'll use it moving forward if you really want to use the Apple Pencil a whole lot more. But I think it's really genius. And I think there will be people who've always wanted to use it this way. Um, They'll be able to use it that way. There's a lot of kind of interchange between iOS 14 and iPadOS 14. The biggest thing that I point out is that the widgets don't work the same on iPadOS as they do on iOS. You can throw out widgets, throw out widgets of different sizes, put them on different home screens, on different panels on the phone. On the iPad, you have to pull up that kind of today's view where it has that left-hand column. Um, You can only put widgets in that left-hand column. You cannot put them on your home pages. And so it's kind of weak, if you ask me. You just don't get that same level of customization. So we'll see if that changes. I don't think it will, but we'll wait and see. The other public beta that I think actually might be the most fun for me is the TV OS 14 public beta. Now, there's actually a different way to go about doing it. What you'll need to do is if you have an Apple TV, I believe you have to have an Apple TV, um, the fourth generation or Apple TV 4K. What you'll do is you need to go into your settings and then go into general and there's an option for software and you can actually turn on an option to get um, beta software updates. So if you do that, They've actually thrown a lot of little nuggets towards tvOS 14 that are worth playing with. Again, this is a beta. I'm not recommending it, but for me, I have put tvOS 14 beta um, on my devices. I typically haven't. I haven't had any major problems with it because most of the apps, they're just kind of straightforward. I don't do anything crazy with them. If there are any problems with it, hey, you're going to have to let me know. But right now, I haven't. It doesn't mean it's not going to be the same for you, but Cool things, you got the picture-in-picture feature that you'll see in iOS 14 on tvOS. Um, It's not compatible with third-party apps right now. So if you want to watch YouTube and then navigate on your Apple TV, YouTube hasn't flipped that switch yet, but we believe they will. So if you want to test the picture-in-picture right now, you can actually airplay, let's say, like a video from your iOS device and then send it over to the tvOS and kind of play with it that way. There's a lot of other cool things The YouTube app, once it gets updated, it will support 4K video streaming for the very first time. I don't know if they deserve an award for that, but they deserve something finally. Finally, they did something after all these damn years. It was kind of pathetic, honestly. Anyways, I can't complain about it anymore. You know, I was, it was, I was dead to the idea that YouTube would finally get 4K video because it's been two or three years where you were hoping they'd do it. Well, good thing is it finally supports that. You also have audio sharing for AirPods. So this is cool. Audio sharing, connect to the Apple TV with multiple people, really two people connect to the Apple TV with their AirPods. Now, it's kind of funny because sure, I guess if you have children, this is where it's most advantageous, but what happened to talking about the show without AirPods? I just hope that This is kind of more geared towards families. That makes more sense. You also have Apple Arcade support where people, multiple users can be using the app and then it'll pick up where you left off for those different users. HomeKit kind of shows off um, some of your most used scenes in that settings panel. So there's just a lot in here. You'll also have the ability to get access 
to connected video doorbells that are supported by HomeKit when someone rings the doorbell. So all these hooks aren't there, but I thought that surprisingly, Apple TV did a lot and maybe we will see a new Apple TV this year. I I think it's due for one. Rumors and inside of iOS 14 code has shown that there are new ones that exist, but we'll see if Apple finally, finally throws them out. Speaking of uh, throwing things out, we talked about the Apple charger or Apple may not be including the power adapter and maybe getting rid of the earbuds, headphones in this year's iPhone. And more and more evidence tends to point to that being a fact. We saw how Apple had recently surveyed customers of the iPhone 7 Plus, I believe, if they have ever used their power adapter, if they kept it in there. And then the scary report that a leaker said that uh, Apple's new iPhone would come in an exquisitely thin box because of removing the power adapter and uh, earbuds. And a lot of you had opinions on that. We're going to get to some of those calls later in the show. But you always think, hey, look, you know, Apple, they got rid of the headphone jack. And then other companies like Samsung and other Android companies, they got rid of the headphone jack. So if Apple's getting rid of the power adapter, who else is going to get rid of the power adapter? Well, it was just a matter of time. A report from The Verge, based on a report from the Korean news site ET News, claims that in 2021, starting that year, Samsung may not include chargers in the boxes of some of its smartphones. I said smartphones, but you know what I meant. Smartphone. Say it right. So, look, you hear the report from Apple. You see this from Samsung. Samsung reportedly is not the only major phone maker considering it. Again, trend setting, pushing people and pushing the industry to do things in specific ways. And there is some thinking of why Apple may do this. But, look, what what can we say? People don't like change. And again, I laid it out for you last week. I bit the bullet and bought two USB-C power adapters for faster charging. And then I bought all these cables and I hated, I think it was somewhere around 120 bucks to get two USB-C power adapters with the max capacity that they could drive that are not the, I can't remember the wattage. Is it the 18? I feel maybe it is. I feel like it's more than that. Then I had to buy cables for, USB-C to Lightning, I had to buy a USB-C to USB-C, and I had to buy a USB-C to Apple Watch connection. That cost somewhere around 120 bucks, if I recall, and I was pissed about it. But now you fast forward two years later, and everyone that is pissed about the idea that there will be no charger in the box and a charger that pretty much no one has touched in two or three years in general, um, now it doesn't bother me because I've kind of already invested that in. The idea is that, okay, Maybe they are going to push us towards wireless. I mean, we know about this whole idea of the ultimate Johnny iPhone being the portless iPhone. But still, for me, even after thinking it and talking it through, it doesn't bother me. And you know what? Samsung and others don't think it'll bother their customers as well. I know some people say, oh, it's BS when you use the green, uh, the the reason of saying, oh, it's greener to not produce as much crap. Um, It is greener to not produce as much crap. And I don't think as many people will be buying power adapters because there's not one in there than you think. There will be people, but not as many. All right, 
some other iPhone 12 Pro future news. Leaker loved to dream, who actually I believe was the leaker who said the, the box would be exquisitely thinner because they're taking them out. I know a lot of people rolling their eyes when they hear that. It's like, damn, Apple, really? Well, look, we know later this year, Apple's expected to release four OLED phones, three display sizes, 5.4, 6.7, and two 6.1-inch models. So rumors have suggested that the 6.7-inch iPhone and 6.1-inch model will be the kind of higher-end devices. Leaker love to dream who I believe is the person who leaked the thinner, exquisite box story or tweet has also corroborated previous rumors that the internal specs of Apple's upcoming lineup will include six gigs of RAM and Apple's five nanometer A14 chip in the 2020 iPhone. A lot of people are really, you know, people love to to find out how much RAM is in the iPhone. And I think it's fun to talk about when it comes out, but you never hear people talking about it really after it comes out because the phone performs just fine. So the more RAM, the merrier. I'm not saying don't bring it. I'm just saying we tend to really get obsessed about this. How much RAM is in this phone? And we see all the RAM in Android phones and we know it's more than just hardware. It's software. It's management of those resources that make the phone the phone. So I can't wait. iPhone 12 looks interesting, but we know so much that it's, you know, there's not going to be too many surprises unless they surprise us. All right. Apple surprised us at a WWDC finally revealing the Apple Silicon chips. I'm still fascinated and excited to see how this transition happens. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But according to Ming-Chi Kuo, Apple Silicon Max that will be coming this year will include the 13-inch MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. Remember, Apple said we would have a Mac to sell with the Apple Silicon chip by the end of 2020. Ming-Chi Kuo is pegging those specific models as the MacBook Pro and MacBook Air that we will see this year. And, you know, I told you it was going to be the portables. It was going to be kind of more the consumer-friendly line. And those are the most consumer-friendly portables that Apple has in in their entire lineup. MacBook Pro 13 and MacBook Air. Now, if you look back at Ming-Chi Kuo's history, he did predict a lot earlier that in late 2020 or early 2021, we would see a new, this new kind of 13.3 inch MacBook Pro that have a pretty similar form factor to the current one. Um, also, we talk about the mini LED 16 inch MacBook Pro and a 14.1 inch MacBook Pro, also believed to bring mini LED displays. We still haven't seen that on Apple's lineup yet, but these will likely arrive in the second or third quarter of 2021, according to Mr. Ming Chi Kuo. Ming-Chi Kuo gets a lot of stuff out there, and I would say for all the information he throws out there, he, he's, he's pretty solid. So if you're waiting for an ARM chip machine and you're, kind of, you're in that consumer space, just wait it out. Let's see what happens. I think it's, it's going to be fascinating just to see how much battery life they can get out of these things. That's what I want to see the most. How much juice is it going to be like a two-day battery all of a sudden or like at least what? think they're typically around 10, 11 hours. We're going to get to 20. That would be crazy. Um, in other MacBook Pro news, Apple is warned against closing MacBooks with a cover over their camera. They published a support document that warns customers against doing this. If you ever put one of those like sticky little over-the-camera sliders to for privacy, 
They say it can lead to display damage because the clearance between the display and the keyboard is designed so tight that it can be problematic. Sometimes when you shut it, it will cause the display to shatter. Now, my display shattered, I don't know how, without dropping it in the bottom right-hand corner where the hinge is, and I never dropped it. I'm still trying to figure out that mystery. I never put a privacy camera on mine, but hey, eventually when the stores open, eventually, um, I hope it will get fixed. Those are first world problems, but I hope it'll get fixed. Also, finally in Mac News, Gartner, the research firm says Mac shipments increased 5.1% in quarter two of 2020, along with the global PC market growth. So Apple shipped approximately 4.1 million Macs in the second quarter of last year, 4.3 million Macs in the same period for this year. Now, Apple is the fourth largest comp computer vendor in the world. That's after Dell, HP, and Lenovo. Apple's Mac market share uh, during the quarter pretty much stayed very stable, going from 6.6% last year to 6.7% this year. But a lot of the growth in the PC market overall, what is it? 3.5% year over year, its fifth consecutive quarter of growth. They say also, what, what do you think the number one con- contributor to potential PC growth is? Coronavirus, COVID-19, staying at home and having to do work at home. So yeah, and I'm not happy it's happening, but, but it does make sense. All right, let's take a little breather here. And thanks to our sponsors, Raycon, for sponsoring the show. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you go drop in hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now, we teamed up with Raycon, and they're offering 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash applebits. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And I'm not going to lie, they have surprisingly good sound for the price point. I got to check them out a bunch. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, these are their best ones yet from a tech standpoint. You get six hours of playtime, easy Bluetooth pairing, and then even more bass and boom, and also more compact design with these earbud tips that give you that nice noise sound isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. So get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash applebits. That's buyraycon.com slash applebits for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash applebits. Also, we have to say thanks to our other sponsor in this week's episode, Mint Mobile. Now, if you're using one of the big wireless providers this year, you have asked yourself, what are you paying for? Well, between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're going to be taken advantage of because they know that you're going to pay. Now, enter in Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you. Now, Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, you got to stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. It is time to ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. Now, they sent me kind of this package that I got set up with them, and it was it was honestly super easy. I opened the box they gave me. I jumped on their website. There's this code to activate your account, and then I just popped in my SIM card 
and I was good to go. Like I was honestly surprised. It was quick and easy, and the process it went and kind of made me realize that you don't need to deal with customer service reps if it's this easy. So I've had no issue with my coverage, and now I have an actual plan to use for my other phone that is really like for my reviews. So that that also helps me as well. Now to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the phone shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash AppleBits. That's mintmobile.com slash AppleBits. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash AppleBits. All right, we have a couple more stories before we get to our calls. And this first one is a little juicy if you've been waiting for more Apple Glass news. Now, a report says that Apple's lenses for new AR headset glasses are moving into trial production and that the glass themselves is slightly thicker than normal glasses. This report comes to us from The Information, and they're saying that the company's semi-transparent lenses, one of the most important components of this upcoming wearable device, have passed the prototyping stage and moved into trial production. Also, the report has the new details of the thickness of the lenses. Now, to kind of give you some background, right, we know that these lenses are for upcoming AR devices. It is not clear if they're gonna be for the AR headset or the eventual AR Apple glasses that is being projected to arrive sometime, depending on which model, which thing you're talking about, could be 2022, could be 2023. So Apple's been working on these semi-transparent lenses with a major manufacturing partner, Foxconn, since uh, as far back as 2018. This also lines up where when Apple purchased a company called Aconia Holographics that they specialize specifically in liquid crystal on silicon displays to project images on these special lenses. Now, information sources say that the development is happening at the Chengdu Foxconn factory in the southwestern part of China. That's also where a majority of iPad production is located. So Apple is satisfied with the design of the lenses enough that they've moved into the engineering validation testing phase. This is EVT, and this is where Apple makes somewhere around a dozen to 100 units of this kind of form factor of this model to start putting it through testing, right? This is going to be testing for its suitability for mass production. Now, the lenses themselves, they're going to be composed of many thin layers using polarization. That's going to offer stereoscopic images, and they are slightly larger than those found in typical eyeglasses. And another note they say is that to make these AR lenses, it's really challenging because they're made of these multiple, extremely thin layers of synthetic materials So they're susceptible to things like bubbles and scratches and other marks. So to reduce the defects, these lenses, they have to be manufactured in pretty much pristine, what they say, dust-free zones, clean rooms. And these lenses are slightly larger than those typically found in your eyeglasses. So again, the the timeline for these could be 2022, could be 2023. I, I still don't think it's coming anytime soon. There were rumors that it would, what, maybe as early as next, as next year? We'll see, but there are also follow-up reports by Mark Bloomberg about kind of internal philosophical differences in how to to approach the Apple Glass slash Apple AR Glasses um, projects. So for me, it's fascinating. I love hearing about kind of the evolution of this project because I don't believe that Apple Glasses is the future for computing. It's a future for computing, but I don't think it's going to be the the future unless we get to minority report status now once we can do that then then you got me 
Well, actually, I don't want that. That that's actually scary. If you haven't seen that movie, it's an awesome movie. It's also really good in Dolby Atmos. The surround sound is um magnifique. All right. Also, finally, before we get to our calls, Apple's reclosing eleven stores in Southern California, Maryland, Ohio, and Tennessee because of local increases in coronavirus infections. We have not gotten anywhere close to controlling this. And honestly, uh, it's kind of past that. I would just say, let's not make wearing a mask political. It's freaking scientific fact. And that's why we're failing. And it's frustrating and it's sad. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I'm not going to just stick to tech, but I am going to tell you what's up with that. That's just whack. All right, everybody, let's get to our calls here. You know what to do. Record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. I will tell you, I got a nice little email from someone. I'm going to include that email in this voicemail section. So it is worth emailing that address if it is short and sweet and makes me smile. All right, let's get to our first call. First up, Scott, he wants to talk about Apple's charger. Hey, Brian, it's Scott from SoCal. Hey, I'm calling about BrickGate. Um, I'm okay with Apple not including a charging brick in the, with the iPhone 12. Makes sense to try to help reduce e-waste. Here's three things they can do. One, make sure when people are buying an iPhone on their site that they make it very clear multiple times that a brick will not be included. Two, if a customer needs to buy a brick with their new iPhone, that they can buy it at a discount when buying the new iPhone. And three, figure out some way to do the same thing as number two, but at carrier stores. Those are my thoughts. What do you think? Is that going to be how they can make it palpable for everyone? Thanks, Brian. Scott, thank you so much for calling. Uh, Palpable, yes. But when I hear the words Apple and discount together, I... uh, my body and my mind and my heart and everything. I just have this reaction like Apple's not going to discount anything. In fact, the Apple iPhone with the things they take out might even be more expensive than it is today. If you could actually believe that. I mean, there are reports that it could even be $50 more, even if they take out everything. And, and at that time, at the same time, you know, like Tim Cook, he's lock, licking his chops. He, he took out the charger. He took out the earbuds. They can ship twice as many iPhones in the same space. So shipping will be cheaper. He, he, he knows and they know what they're doing. I think it's a great idea. Um, we will see. But when I see here Apple and discount, I tend to think I just don't have good faith that they would actually do something like that. I really have to think hard of when was the last time they actually bundled something or discounted something where they didn't weren't trying to make make up anything to the to the user base that they might have, you know, turned away or pissed off or offended like antenna gate or something like that. We'll see. We'll see. All right, next call we've got from Patrick. Hey Brian, this is Patrick in the East Bay. The iPhone 12 not shipping with Wired headphones and a charging block doesn't bother me because wireless charging and Bluetooth are the future for accessories. Um, my truck came with a wireless charging pad. I've got a wireless charging pad on my nightstand. Cough, not air power. Cough. Don't underestimate either that Tim Cook, being the supply chain master, can ship a whole lot more units a whole lot more cheaply with that iPhone 12 box air. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Have a great one. 
Patrick's calling it the iPhone 12 box air. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. I really like that. Um, Isaac had chimed in with an email saying, hey, not sure if you covered it, but saving on charger costs, saving on cable costs, half the shipping cost, two iPhone boxes in the same space. I don't know if it is actually half the shipping cost if it's based on weight and space or just space, but you guys both make very interesting points. I, I'm i not going to lie. I think that if I, because we're so conditioned to seeing a thicker iPhone box, I'm not saying I want it. I'm not saying it, I, it matters to me, but <laughs> an iPhone box air might actually look kind of nice. Oh God, who am I? Should we should we just stop this podcast? No, stop it. Stop. Don't fall for it. Do not fall for the Kool-Aid. I will not fall for the Kool-Aid. All right, next up, we've got Glenn calling in. He wants to talk about a little bit about the Apple Watch. Hey, Brian, it's Glenn from Albuquerque. Uh, hey, I enjoyed your um, Apple Watch sleep tracking commentary uh, post keynote. I agree. This is uh, Apple's way of kind of... Uh, I think placating people for now saying, hey, look, we gave you sleep tracking, even though the functionality is bare minimum, to say the least. Um, I've been using uh, an app called AutoSleep on my Apple Watch now for a couple of years. It works fantastic. It gives you tons of data, deep sleep, heart rate throughout, um, overall sleep, quality sleep. Uh, so, I mean, it does give you that granular data as a user. I would love to have the option to have the data and not use it as opposed to you not giving it to me in the first place. But anyway, I agree with uh, you on that one. Uh, definitely mediocre Apple for sure. Uh, take care and thank you. That's a mediocre Apple. I guess I guess I got to come up with some sound effect for that, huh? That's a mediocre Apple. My voice just cracked. Hee haw. All right, Glenn, thanks so much for that. You know what we have also, I like to share differing opinions because guess what? We're not all right. Sometimes we are, but Kevin has something to say about that as well. Hey, Brian, this is Kevin from Columbia, Maryland, and I just have to say that I think they're doing, Apple is doing a great job when it comes to their progression of the sleep feature on their watches. Because honestly, if you look at statistical data, us Americans are not getting as much sleep as we should, and it's getting worse each year sleep lack of sleep uh leads to a lot of different health reasons health uh, defects or issues you know uh hypertension and and ultimately can probably lead to mental disorders like depression and uh uh alzheimer's so i think they're doing great i think we do need that you know mom look and getting us to go to bed on a normal and gradual level all right brian thanks for listening and thanks for always uh reaching out on my instagram when i post something or when i respond to you so thank you so much have a great day bye (laughs) gotta gotta do the ig shout out look kevin kevin i do agree with you that if anyone knows about not getting sleep like they used to it is definitely me and then if I ever have children, that's going to be even crazier. But I think to both of your points, Kevin, fine. If you want your phone to be your mama, your iPhone can be your mama to tell you go to sleep. But Glenn's point and what I, I align with is be our mama, but also give us the data. It's there. I mean, his auto sleep app, 
can track it. Apple can track it. This is not too difficult. Or maybe they do the kind of the slow the slow walk where, hey, we're going to tell you when I go to sleep. And then in year two, we have all this data to now support you after you've gotten to the habit of using Apple Sleep. Like, okay, that's when we really roll our eyes. That's when I'm just like, that's a bad Apple. But it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to give him a pass for now. Next up, last call today, Sir David. Hey, Brian, this is Dave from Delaware, a big fan of your show for many, many years. I have a question for you. So I've been looking into uh, upgrading my surround sound system, and I've been thinking a little bit about uh, sound bars. And as I've been thinking, I've been thinking about what you've been talking about, how Apple's really stepped up their game with their audio quality. And I was wondering if... Um, if you ever thought, much like how uh, the Roku have a soundbar um, with the sub built in, uh, with the Roku platform built in, if you thought Apple would ever kind of dive into the soundbar world with subwoofer, maybe come out with uh, smaller uh, wireless you know, satellites, you know, their um, HomePods, maybe smaller versions for the satellite speakers. Anyway, just curious what you thought. Love your show. Uh, thanks for all you do, and stay safe. Hey, David, you got my mind thinking, and I like when people call in. And they get my mind thinking. And, and this is what my mind is thinking. So first of all, Apple has to get their HomePod situation figured out. And what I mean by that is, look, sounds amazing. We know what it can and can't do. Once Apple comes up with really like a great story where everyone can get around the HomePod and be like, yeah, it took a while, took two or three years, just like the Apple Watch took two or three years to figure out to really perfect it. Um, and it's still getting better. If they can get that HomePod brand on point, if Siri can get better, if it can be more compatible with more smart home devices, which it should be with that new alliance that they've joined, if it can be more affordable, which they might do with a cheaper HomePod. And when I say more affordable, I say 99 instead of 349. If they can start building that out, and again, Apple has the luxury of time on their side to take their time because the ecosystem and all of its users like us continue to support them, I could absolutely see them doing that in the future. And the reason why, there's another hook that connects all this. Look at what Apple is doing with their own Apple apps on third-party TVs, on LGs, on Sonys, on um, the Rokus, on TCL, on every on devices. They have the Apple TV app there. These TV sets, also Samsung as well, these TV sets are also AirPlay 2 compatible. So you already have AirPlay 2 and you have their apps. They're, they've just put down the building blocks to say, hey, uh, a potential future soundbar can connect instantly via those means. And so they have everything in place to put out a soundbar. They just got to get their HomePod situation just cleaned up and change the perception in consumers' minds and their loyalist minds, then you you start seeing people go, you know what? I'm going to consider getting a home bar or so home bar. I call it a home bar already because you know the ecosystem matters. And if all of a sudden there's some people that bought a HomePod and your Apple Home Bar works with your HomePod and you can create a three piece stereo system or two piece or whatever, then someone's like, hey, that might be worth it. And the ecosystem has real power. I think about this now. I'm going on another tangent. You know, Apple's getting into over-the-ear headphones, and they may pretty much do everything that these other headphones, the top ones, like the Sony potential XM4s come out with, the current Bose 700, heck, even the Bose QuietComfort 35 twos. But what is the differentiator? 
the hook to the ecosystem and the ecosystem has real cache and an actual functionality that is hard to turn away from now. You know, if if I I would not have purchased AirPods if the quick kind of easy connection did wasn't didn't exist. It would have just been ugly wireless headphones from Apple and now you're starting to talk about automatic handoff. Now you're talking about spatial audio, ecosystem hooks. You got me there. So that's that's the type of stuff that makes them such a dangerous player in this market. And I should really do a video talking about all this and I probably will. So <laughs> thanks so much for, for that, David, and getting my mind thinking. Okay, last thing here, I said I would read an email from a reader who sent it to us and I thought it was really nice. So here we go. Hey, Brian, my name is Ethan Wong, and I'm a 12-year-old who lives in Washington State. My birthday is coming up July 15th, and my dad said that he might consider getting me an Apple Watch. He told me to do some research, so which Apple Watch is the best one to get? Also, which Apple Watch can play music without a phone? My dad is a big fan of the show, and I listen to when he streams this podcast to the car. Thanks, Ethan Wong. All right, Ethan, you are awesome. Sometimes when I see letters like this, I, I, I feel like, was that really Ethan writing or was it his dad writing? But hey, who, who cares? Okay, first of all, Ethan, if your dad's looking to get you an Apple Watch, you better give him a big, big hug. You're 12 years old, get an Apple Watch. That is amazing. Answering your questions, which Apple Watch is the best one to get? If your dad's getting you one, the best one to get is the newest one. <laughs> I'm looking out for you, Ethan. No, honestly, I think you'd be fine with a Series 4, but. Let's wait for the Series 6 to get announced and then come back and ask me, maybe call in and uh, we'll talk from there or have your dad call in or your quote-unquote dad, okay? Quote-unquote Ethan. Now, which Apple Watch can play music without a phone? Unfortunately, you need the phone to link up, to connect, to play anything, to set it up. So the Apple Watch is still 100% dependent on the phone. So that's gonna be a trick. Maybe you have an iPhone that you can pair it with. Um, it would be kind of a pain in the butt to pair it to your dad's phone. If he already has an Apple Watch, it doesn't work that way yet. But also, um, it, it will though. Your dad's a big fan of the show. So I say thank you, dad, for exposing your son to this. Hopefully I don't cuss or say too many naughty, suggestive things. And if Ethan's looking at you and rolling his eyes, just pretend I didn't say that. All right, everybody. That's gonna do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Just a reminder, thank you to our Patreon Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Eric Cohen. Thank you, my goodness, for your support. But thank you, all of you, for your support at every level. It is crazy. I know times are wild right now. But your, in, your support is allowing me to do this. I can be nothing but grateful, and I will continue to hustle my butt off and give you the content that you deserve. And Look, this week, there wasn't much. Sometimes the week dictates there's not the most juiciest stuff, but there's still always some great stuff to pull from. So thanks again, everybody, for hanging in. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for being a part of the show. Also, I know I tell you all the time, some of you don't even get to this part. Put in a five-star review for the show. Put in a comment and review. It helps the algorithm. It helps bump it up. And it makes my mama happier that her son has a five-star review podcast. It is five stars. Pretty sick. Thanks to all y'all. So thanks again for all of your support and listening and being a part of the show. Take care, be safe, and we will talk to you next week on the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.